As Melinda comes and reads the scripture for us this morning, this is a fairly familiar story, I think. What I'm asking you to do is listen for that moment of realization in the life of Mary as she suddenly realizes exactly what has happened. It's a beautiful story. Sit back as Melinda reads, but look for that moment of realization. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the tomb. So she ran and went to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved, and said to them, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they have laid him. Then Peter and the other disciples set out and went toward the tomb. The two were running together, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent down to look in and saw the linen wrappings lying there, but he did not go in. Then Simon Peter came following him and went into the tomb. He saw the linen wrappings lying there and the cloth that had been on Jesus' head, not lying with the linen wrappings, but rolled up in a place by itself. Then the other disciple, who reached the tomb first, also went in. And he saw and believed, for as yet they did not understand the scripture, that he must rise from the dead. Then the disciples returned to their homes. But Mary stood weeping outside the tomb. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb. And she saw two angels in white, sitting where the body of Jesus had been lying, one at the head and the other at the feet. They said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, They have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. When she had said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there. But she did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you looking for? Supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned and said to him in Hebrew, Rabunai, which means teacher. Jesus said to her, Do not hold on to me, because I have not yet ascended to the Father. But go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord. And she told him that he had said these things to her. Holy wisdom, holy word. Thanks be to God. Her name was Spokane Hutchison. Spokane Hutchison. I'm looking at Bud because he may have known her in Spokane. Guess where she lived? (laughs) Guess where she worked? Guess what the city was that she loved? Go ahead. Tacoma. No, no, no. No, it it was Spokane. I've talked about her once before in a sermon in this church, but I thought this was a good time to mention her again. She was, she was my high school English teacher. And she would be so embarrassed to realize that she made the Easter sermon. But let me tell you a little bit about Spokane Hutchison, or Ms. Hutchison as we called her. She was about probably four foot eleven or maybe five foot, very slight of build. But the, the, the most recognizable thing about her was she wore those old style 
horned-rimmed glasses. And I don't mean the Harry Potter kind of horn. I mean, we're talking the horned, horned-rimmed glasses. And they were always black. And, and then just to set them off, what she had was one of those chains that, you know, kind of drooped down and around her neck. And because, particularly as a freshman or, or a sophomore, I didn't pay that much attention to what she was saying in class... I did notice that on the edge of the chain was like abalone or something like that. I just thought that was pretty amazing. And if she just, you know, stood just right outside the window, the, the light would catch that abalone. It would just change all kinds of colors. I do not have ADD or HDAD. I just was not a very good student. You know, I didn't. What was that? Well, okay, so, plus dyslexic. So, um, but the other thing, thank you so much. You know, it's so wonderful to have my family up here with me uh, on this Easter Sunday. Thank you, Cora, um, or Orak, I guess would be the other way to say your name. Um, but she was also, I looked at her and I thought, she's old. Only to realize that as I'm writing this sermon, she was probably about the age that I am now. Um, but, but like I said, she kind of a wrinkled face and a little bit of a hooked nose and, and looked slightly, slightly, a little bit like the wicked witch of the West, but, um, (laughs) but she wasn't green. Um, I remember other teachers in my high school, but something about Spokey and that was her nickname, Spokey Hutchison just continues to live in my soul. Part of it was, as a new freshman in what was an enormous high school, right downtown, just off of I-90 in, in Spokane, we had just moved to town, and she was one of my first teachers. And somehow this woman was able to recognize the stress, not only of being a freshman, but also being a new freshman. And in many ways, she took me under her wing. But she did it for four years. And in those times where I felt like, and anyone who remembers high school remembers that there are those times where it just feels like darkness pervades. Spokey became light. Or those times in high school where you struggle with who you are, what you are, or even where you're going. Spokey and Hutchison became direction. What was amazing now as I look back on this time is, is she was as much a representative of Jesus for me as anyone that I've ever had in my life. Did I mention, though, that she smoked and, and that she once in a while said words that probably shouldn't have been said? And I happen to know that she had a small tattoo. Did I mention that she was more like Jesus than anyone that I have ever known? And that may be a surprise to you as I mentioned those things as well. But she was. Because for Spokey, it was much more than just being a teacher. She was the living example of what resurrection could mean for a variety of folks, particularly ornery challenged 14, 15, 16, 17, and 18-year-olds. She lived it 
I also learned from her that there is a difference between judgment and accountability. And she clearly understood the difference between judgment and accountability. I broke my neck just before my 20th birthday in a ski accident. And I remember, uh, and it was on Mount Spokane. And as I finally ended up in the hospital after being taken off the mountain, one of the first faces that I remember beyond my parents who took some time to get there was Spokie Hutchison. She was no longer my high school teacher. At this point, she was my mentor and my friend. And in the midst of all that, in the midst of being paralyzed on my left side, it was Spokane Hutchison who helped me understand that life did not end because of that accident. But even in the midst of paralysis, there might be a future that could be lived out with a life of integrity and hope and light and sharing and warmth. Friends, I have to ask you, how do you say thank you to someone like that? How do you say thank you to someone like that? I have no doubt, but there's not a person in this room, or this is my prayer for you, who hasn't had that Spokane Hutchison in their life, who hasn't been that mentor and that friend, that person who for you understood the difference between judgment and accountability and lived that out in a way of tremendous, sometimes tough love. But I think that's what this day is all about. I really do. We talk about the resurrection of Jesus, but sometimes what we fail to talk about is the resurrection that each one of us can bring. Do you remember what this cross looked like before I started, before we put the crosses on? And what we had was a blank slate of chicken wire and white wood. Chicken wire and white wood. But what happened was this incredible transformation that occurred. Because you chose to share part of what you had. It was amazing to watch the hands that were sharing with the children and trying to help them place some of those flowers. And what was created out of that was this. And now, even if we turned it around, it would still be abundance personified. It's amazing. It's amazing. And it is the culmination of where we've come over these last 50 days. Part of the reason that Spokey was so important was the relationship that she chose to build, not just with me, but with a variety of students. To hold us accountable, to believe that we could be better than what we thought we could be. In the darkest times, again, she became light. In the challenging times, she became hope. And I pray that there is someone like that for you. Again, where we've come. Over the last about 50 days, we began this journey into Lent. And those of you that attended the class, remember what the class was on. The Lenten class was on forgiveness. 
Forgiveness is all about relationship, is it not? Those times when we don't forgive someone else means that like the flowers were blocking us so that we couldn't get up there, something is blocking, standing in the way of the fullness of what could be that relationship. When we don't forgive and even when we don't receive forgiveness. And the whole of Lent was about that. Then on Monday, Thursday, last Thursday, there was this beautiful table up here with candles and four chalices and bread. And I asked you, those that were there, as we looked at the disciples and the fact that Jesus washed their feet, even the feet of Judas was washed by Jesus that night. We talked about the other people sitting around that table and the relationships that Jesus had with those. And he washed all of their feet, the the feet of the one who was to deny him three times. He washed Peter's feet. The feet of the one who betrayed him and absolutely rejected what his message was. Judas, he washed his feet. Or the one who was struggling so much with all of this, Thomas washed his feet. All about relationships and often relationships that involve something like that action. Intimate in some ways. Defining in other ways. And I asked, where do you see yourself at this table? And I asked that again today on this day of resurrection. Then on Friday, it was all black up here with a 10-foot cross laying across the steps here, remembering the death of Jesus and talking about the fact that all of us go through times of death in our lives. All of us. Without exception, all of us go through those times. And what is it that's going to bring resurrection out of those times of death in our lives? And then on Saturday morning, we were in the tomb. And the quietness and the redefinition of what that can bring represented in the tomb in Friendship Hall. And then here we are today. And this transformation that has occurred, and you look at these blossoms, and I will say the beauty here, but the blossoms that have burst forth and some that have not, and this is so representative of who we are as a community. Some of us have burst forth and others are not quite there yet and some haven't even been planted. But the role of this community of faith, singularly the role of any community of faith, and I will speak for this one, is to bring resurrection in the lives of anyone who walks in this door. And that what we do is whether you smoke or are tattooed or say a cuss word here on occasion or that that kind of language fills your lips or if you are exceptionally healthy in who you are, guess what? Because of what we are taught, not only by the Spokey Hutchisons of our lives, but by the one that we seek to follow Jesus, that all are welcome here. All. And all means all. We were joking this morning because uh, a young man was the Easter Bunny. And by that I mean he was in the white suit with the pink belly and the pink floppy ears. And we said, even he's welcome here. But all are welcome here. Because I think what we recognize in this place 
is the need in all of us to go from the starkness and the struggles of sometimes of how we are to bringing that warmth and light and hope and color to the lives of every single person who potentially walks in this door. One more thing. If you remember the words that Melinda spoke as she read from the Gospel of John this morning, here is Mary, Mary Magdalene, Mary Magdalene. You heard about Mary a little while ago in a sermon. You heard about Simon the leper, Mary Magdalene. I've talked about Nicodemus and blind Bartimaeus, those who Jesus touched, whose lives he touched in ways that created healing. Those are the ones that got the message. And here Mary is coming doing a very difficult task. Jesus has been dead for days. But someone had to take on the task of re-anointing the body in the midst of that death. And there she was, alone, unheard of, alone going to the tomb, but willing because of what this man had done for her. Only to see that the stone had been rolled away and his body was gone. And she panicked. And whether you buy into the whole angel thing or not doesn't matter to me. But here's the message that comes from this. Here's the message. As soon as she turned and she began to weep for the loss of what she wanted to do one more time for this man. There she is kneeling and how beautiful that John places this in a garden of all places. Of this time of year where life is bursting forth. And she senses someone behind her. And she turns and through her tears doesn't recognize the one who is behind her. Until he calls her by name. As soon as he speaks her name, the recognition is there and she believes again. How do you say thank you to someone like that? Let me close with this thought. Friends, we are called, whether you're the strongest Christian or anyone in society, we are called to be resurrection to those around us. Every single one of us is called to be that light and that warmth and that love, to help bring peace, to bring hope, to bring encouragement, to be the resurrection that we want to see. We are called to be that. I want to take just a moment this morning as we begin to turn toward the rest of the service. And I want you to stop for a moment. And we don't do this on Easter Sunday. I want to do this on Easter Sunday. I want you to think about those in your life right now. Those folks in your life right now. And see if some face or some name comes to mind that you know of that needs that voice of resurrection, of hope and life and peace. To see if maybe, just maybe, God is placing someone on your heart right now. Whether you're in college, whether you're in retirement, whether you're at work, no matter where you are or how old or young you are. You have a call of God to be resurrection. 
you have a call of God as a part of this creation to bring resurrection to the lives of others. Let's just take a moment and see in a time of quiet prayer if that comes to you. Will you pray with me? God, on this day of resurrection, on this day where we know it is all about celebration, I ask that you help each of us know without question that we are placed here to be life for others, that we're placed here to be gift and hope and love for others. And I ask that you place in our minds right now someone who needs us to be that voice of resurrection for them. We ask that you help us be the eyes, the ears, the hands, the hearts of hope. Help us to be the hope for those with whom we come in contact. And as a church, help us continue to be that sanctuary of hope for any and all who would enter into this place to bring color and life and bring it abundantly. All this in Christ's name. Amen.